Welcome to Millennial Z. I'm Robin. And I'm Melody. And today we're talking about technology and how it both helps and destroys the way that we communicate with one another. So the first thing we're going to talk about is video chat. Video chat has been especially popular with quarantine since we're not able to see each other in person. So this has been a new way for us to communicate that we haven't done in the past, but a nice way for us to stay connected with people who are far away from us, who maybe have compromised immune systems or otherwise we just cannot see um, because of social distancing. I feel like also um, different apps are definitely used now especially like we said zoom and google hangout already has been a thing but i feel like you know now it's definitely used more and um definitely house party if you guys have heard of that it has games along with the video so i think that's pretty cool and then obviously the og is well the og is skype and then the next og is facetime yep (laughs) So um, so they all do similar things. They all, the main point is to be able to see a person and hear what they're saying, but they all do it a little bit differently and different platforms are more popular for different forms of communication. So Zoom is used especially for businesses, for um, employees to use, for webinars, for conferences, and for school. Whereas FaceTime is definitely more casual and Google Hangout is more casual. But we do, at least for Melody and me, we are using Zoom in a casual way too. We have family hangouts that we're doing via Zoom right now because of quarantine, which has been nice um, and something new that we've never really done before with our families. And I feel like because we're doing more calls and stuff, um, there's this thing that's called Zoom fatigue um if you guys have heard of it and it's basically like because you're sitting down and staying in one spot for a while you just get more tired than if you were going to be in person with someone and just hanging out yeah and another reason for the zoom fatigue is you do not get as many nonverbal cues on a screen as you would in person So your brain kind of has to fill in for those nonverbal cues. And another thing is with lag in the internet or the connection, you have to fill in things that you missed, things that you couldn't hear Um, when the screen stops working and you have to fill in like facial expressions and things like that. Your brain is working overtime. So it can be very tiring, definitely. And also because all generations are using this type of technology, I feel like some that are older don't know to like mute your microphone if you're not talking in a big like group setting or like maybe talk over each other because you're used to having like small conversations but when you have a whole group chat you can't do that because then you like talk over someone and you can't just have that one person talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zoom etiquette is definitely something that <laughs> the older generations just are not as familiar with because they haven't been using video platforms as much as we have. So 
There are benefits and detriments definitely to video chatting, but it is a good thing to stay connected to people who live far away or who you're not able to see all the time for whatever reason. And it's been good for school and for businesses, especially since a lot of them are still closed. And um, when they were closed, if they're open again now, it was good to continue working, continue with projects, continue to feel like you have somewhat of a interaction with people when you're not able to do it face to face. Well, I was telling Robin earlier that, honestly, I didn't know Zoom was really a thing before this whole quarantine because I thought, you know, just like FaceTime or Google Hangout were like the main ones that I used um, and Skype like a little bit, but I feel like that's an older um, app to use. But I feel like for me, Zoom felt like a new thing that everyone was using But like you said, you know, people at work use it and schools definitely use it because it's just a very good resource. But I just didn't know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Zoom has been around for a while, but it was mainly used for businesses and for online schooling. So now we're seeing it in more of a social way, which Mm -hmm. is, yeah, definitely good. So another thing with Zoom, so I am a graduate student, I'm studying speech language pathology and we do clinical hours. So I am doing teletherapy on Zoom. So there are a lot of things that you can do on Zoom besides just looking at each other. So obviously you can share the screens, you can, um, you know, have multiple screens up and share the screen with the other person. You can share their remotes, you can play games together and they can have access to the remote. There's like a whiteboard feature. So there's a lot of stuff on Zoom that makes it, it's not just the, you know, Normal one-on-one. Video. <laughs> yeah, where yeah. you're just looking and staring it's at someone. It's more interactive. It is more interactive. And we've seen a lot of teletherapy with, um, you know, counseling and doctors and things like that since we're not able to be in person. So it's just a new way of communicating together. So it's 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 good there are definitely detriments to it like we said with the zoom fatigue but um it is good replacement for face-to-face since we're just not able to really do that right now so have you been doing that sort of thing since the beginning of quarantine or did you just start with um teletherapy yeah well it took a while to get i guess it situated and figure out how we're gonna do it so we did just start it this semester you think it's a better alternative or do you think they could have like done it a different way like do you like how they do it I really like teletherapy I've always been interested in it so I'm happy to get practice with it as a student and Mm -hmm. I think it is a really unique way to reach people who either cannot travel they live really far away they don't have access to speech therapy they're really ill so they can't leave the house and also I think it's good for older people to allow them to have autonomy let's say they can't drive themselves so they have to wait for whoever to come home or I could just have a teletherapy session with them and they can feel like they're independent able to manage their own appointments and things like that so I love the idea of teletherapy I think it is so so helpful um before this we were doing like online like pre-made videos and like watching them and talking about them so this is definitely more interactive and and a better alternative than what we had before and obviously pre-quarantine we were doing it in person so yeah so did you always do it with people from different states because you said like 
you can reach out to people from other areas? Oh, so we're just doing it in my state, but um, I meant in general with teletherapy. I love the idea of reaching people who maybe live in rural areas and it takes them a long time to get out and things like that, or they have a disease that it's hard for them to travel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's a good alternative. I feel like that Zoom can, you know, be more than just a video chat, but like actually helping them mm-hmm. through the phone mm-hmm. or computer, whatever you're using. Yeah. So I, I like that a lot. Yes, I do too. So another form of technology that has changed the way that we communicate with one another is cell phones. <laughs> so... um The first cell phone that I remember in my house is, well, it wasn't in my house. It was in the car, but my (laughs) parents got one of those really big cell phones. They only left it in the car for emergencies, and the charger actually looked like the cord from a corded phone, like it was a spiral charger (laughs) because um, landlines were so popular at the time. Almost everyone had a landline, so... Um, that was my first interaction with a cell phone, but literally it was just for emergencies. And then I think I was in elementary school when they got that. And then in high school, I got my first cell phone, which was a flip phone, but all you could do on it was call and text. And we had a limited number of text. So I think it was 50 or a hundred texts per month. (laughs) And if you went over that, you had to pay. And I almost always went over that. Actually, I think I did always go over that, but um, it was just a a different way of communicating. And before you had to be home to call someone, you had to be on your landline. And in order to reach the other person, they had to be home. (laughs) And I think we've talked about this in other episodes, you could not be on the internet and the phone at the same time. Wow. It was one or the other. <laughs> so, um, I couldn't even imagine. I know. It, it's crazy, I'm sure, for you to think, but that, that was true. And now with, with the cell phone, once I got my first cell phone, we had access to each other 24-7. You could call at any time. You could text at any time. And um, that was the start of, like, I guess, constantly having access to people <laughs> when before it, it just really wasn't as much of a thing well didn't you say another thing like you didn't have data or something right yeah we did not have data on the first cell phones so you couldn't use the internet there weren't apps you couldn't use google maps none of that stuff was on there wow Mm -hmm. um so for myself i had a phone in sixth grade so a little before you because you had in high school Um, And I actually had my mom's old phone, which was a sliding phone. I mean, I guess a flip phone, but like... Yeah, the sliding one. Yeah, Yeah. there was like a different kind of it. Um, But I just like couldn't imagine having the landline with like that... What's the cord called? Like Like a a spiral cord. Spiral cord. Because like for us, I never like grew up with that unless I was like really well, I, young. Well, we and... definitely had it, but you don't we remember. Still had it. Oh, yeah. not in this house. So no, I guess when you were born, we didn't have the cord anymore. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say like, when did people stop using the landline phone? Um. Well, the corded landline phone probably like the late nineties, mm-hmm. maybe early early two thousands. Landlines. Some people still have them. But um, I guess they became less popular probably in the mid to late 2000s because everyone had a cell phone at that point. Yeah, because, like, 
especially how you said that there would be a landline phone in your car. Well, it was a cell phone, but it looked like a landline because it still oh. had the cord. Like, the, the charger was the spiral cord. That is so <laughs> strange. Like, yeah. I sound so young saying that, but I just, like, couldn't imagine. Because nowadays, we always have our phone that, like, can fit in our pocket. Even yeah. though now they're getting bigger. So, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's always, like, a handheld thing that, like, you know, doesn't have, like, that cord or, like, the antenna thing Mm -hmm. that comes up. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, very progressive now with, like, how fast they update things and, in general, like, iPhones especially are updating fast. And I feel like Samsung is trying to be like that as well. But iPhone is just, like, skyrocketing and (laughs) everyone wants the newest one and stuff. So, very different. Essentially, anything you want to do, you can do on your little phone. Mm-hmm. You pretty much can have access to anything on this little phone, which is crazy. And nowadays, like when you, I mean, if you lose your phone, it's like you're you're losing your life. <laughs> you are. It's like a it's a part of your identity. It has so much information. We literally live off these things, you know. Yeah, I mean, it has like apps you can use. You can, like, set timers, you know, like, notes, like, you know, it's everything. Yeah, and you have important information in those notes, and you have all of your passwords saved, and you have, like, your fingerprint, and, like, all that stuff that if you lose it, (laughs) it just feels like such a devastating. Yeah, like, everything. Yeah. So, I'm curious. So, you really have always known cell phones like you don't remember that very first little cell phone that was just for emergencies no and so um the fact that we have access to each other 24 7 now is not something that I've always had access to but I'm wondering what you think the pros and cons are to having constant access to people and the fact that we always have our cell phones on our person I think um a definite negative to it would be that People don't like to put their phones down. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even have to be that they're, like, I don't know, searching for something or, like, on an app. But I just feel like having it constantly just in your hand is very distracting just if you're, like, I don't know, with friends or something. Like, of course, you know, take a photo here and there or maybe a cute little video or something. But I just feel like... It's too much of a, like, thing you can just grab that you're, like, not used to just putting it down and, like, soaking in the moment that you're in. And I feel like, I mean, we can't really change that anymore because, you know, they're at our touch 24-7. But I just feel like nowadays we don't even know what it's like to not have it at all. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think a pro would have to be having, like, that instant touch. So it's, like, kind of, you know, interchangeable here because you can, like, go on an app real quickly or, like, search, like, whatever you want and be, like, you know, if you have a question. But I feel like it's more of a negative, even though I love phones, but it's just not always great to always have it because you rely on it.
in a way, I think that having constant access to other people has made us disconnected yet connected, or it's like a false connection because we can think that social media or texting or calling or even video calling takes the place of in-person interactions or in-person engagements and seeing someone hanging out with them. And that's a great supplement, but it doesn't obviously take the place. But I think having constant access to it, it can feel like those interactions are doing what in-person interactions did for us before when that's not actually the case. It's kind of like a a false connection but it is good just to if you're not able to see someone if you're you know far away from them it is a good supplement and what we were gonna say is that it's almost like you're like you're disconnected but also connected at the same time with all of this like technology and certain apps that we use yeah and something a good example of this is A lot of people follow celebrities on Instagram. We both do. We follow a lot of them. And seeing their posts, it can feel like you're, you know, their life, like you're connected to them, even though you've never met them. But it's just not true because they're showing a certain version of themselves and you're only getting bits and pieces. And also it will never replace an in-person or (laughs) in-person interaction with someone. So it's kind of like that fake connected. Yeah. I mean, this can be like... From Instagram, TikTok, YouTube especially, mm-hmm. because you're doing a whole video. Um, and people can just assume, like, certain things about you just by whatever you're posting. And, yeah, people think, you know, they're closer to people than they actually are, especially, you know, celebrities. Because I feel like they show a lot of their lives in, like, Um, If you're a fan, you always want to see, like, behind the scenes, and you kind of feel like you're with them. But, again, you're not actually connected with them. It's just, like, a feeling of being connected. Mm -hmm. And this goes for people in our actual lives, too. We can see things that they're posting on social media and feel like we're kind of getting connected with them or, like, text them often or have a Facebook message exchange or whatever. And kind of feel like we're connected. And like I said, that is a really good supplement. But when we only rely on that, that's where the issues come in. And we need to remember that there's more than just interacting with someone on a screen, of course. Mm -hmm. There's a really funny thing that I do all the time, which is when I like find a celebrity or just like a random person online and I like think they have like I don't know cool style or like cool personality even though I don't really know it and I like say this funny thing where it's like I want to be their best friend or like I would be friends with them if I knew them in real life yeah I think it's like kind of funny that is funny yeah but it does feel that way and even like podcasters you can feel like you know them and like they're your friends you listen to them every week and it's just so funny um But, yeah, it's kind of like this false connection, but it does feel... Like it's a real thing. Yeah, it feels real. Mm -hmm. So, something that is interesting... So, we all know that people 
have like their insta life and their real life right people show things on insta or facebook or snapchat or youtube or whatever um that isn't necessarily true or isn't necessarily the whole truth of their life like you obviously are not sharing every single thing about your life and some of the things could be a little exaggerated or under exaggerated you know things like that you're not showing like the problems and so we can sometimes think oh I really wish I was this person or I wish I had this person's life or um, think that they have it all together think that they have a lot of money think they have the best job in the world and it could be the complete opposite and we would honestly never know unless they revealed that to us and something that I found when we were researching this episode is you used to be able to tell a person's wealth based on how many animals they had on the farm. Like mm-hmm. back in the day, <laughs> you could tell. Like if they had 100 sheep and you had 10 sheep, you knew that they had more money than you. That was the currency, essentially. Well, now with money being so hidden and, you know, you can have a huge house, you can have a nice car, you can go on vacations, but you could be negative worth negative you could have more debt than you make in a year so it's now really hard to figure that out and I think that's why a lot of us have that the grass is greener mentality when we're looking at social media and um, I think that's just a good thing to remember like we don't actually know what is going on in someone's life but we used to we used to know that and now it's just kind of crazy that someone could have a completely opposite life but we're believing um, what we see. Well I feel like that also goes into how we want things to look more raw nowadays but I feel like it still is Mm semi-polished because like you said it seems like so perfect online but of course people, you know, have things going on in their lives that they don't have to display on a social media. And honestly, I feel like a lot of people, if you are more famous, like we said about celebrities, I feel like you want to just like show one side that's more put together. And it's like harder for people to actually show every part of their life, even if it's like a rockier part or like something doesn't go well. Um, it's just more like a vulnerable state to be in. And I feel like that's why we're not fully connected with everyone because you don't see every side of a person's life. And I think in real life, we do this too. I mean, it's hard to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. We also don't share all of our lives with people that we see in person. Oh, definitely. And there's a lot going on behind the scenes with other people that we would never know. So it's not like we're doing this in our real life and being completely different online like we Mm -hmm. all kind of hide things about ourselves that we don't like um but I think it goes back to the fake connected where we feel like we're in this person's life we feel like we have this connection and it's just all kind of really curated yeah definitely um and I feel like this can definitely happen with YouTube especially Because people like to, you know, maybe do vlogs or just like a sit-down video. But when you're vlogging, I feel like people show more of themselves or like maybe a more expanded version. Um, But when they have just like their sit-down videos where it's like very put together, I feel like they show more of the 
I mean, we feel connected, but I feel like it's more disconnected in a way. Another thing is on social media, when you're typing or texting too, or a Facebook message or an email or whatever, when you're typing something out, you can redo it a million times until it sounds exactly perfect, mm-hmm. the, exactly the way you want to, you want it to come out, dot all the T's or cross all the T's, dot all the I's. <laughs> dot all the I's. <laughs> but, um... When you're having a face-to-face interaction, you're it's way more raw. You know, you're not you're not changing what you say six times until you say the exact right thing. You just say what comes in your mind at that time. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you take a minute to think about it mm-hmm. if it's you know something you need to think about. But generally, it's way more like that's who you. It's really, more genuine it's, too. Yes, and it's more of um, who you are. And so that is another way that we think that we're getting, like, a true connection online when it's actually, like, we've thought a lot. Yeah, about exactly how we're going to say it, exactly what we're going to say. We are going to play a little trivia game. I have five questions for Melody, and she has five questions for me. And it's all about technology. And the first one is, are you ready, Mel? Yes. What year did the first Apple iPhone launch? Um, I'm going to say 1999. <laughs> 2000? 2007. What? Yep. Wait, what? Like the original iPhone? The first Apple iPhone. No way. 2007. So you were... I was five. Yeah, five years old. (laughs) What? Yeah. I thought they had the original one a lot earlier. Nope. I mean, I guess they did progress really quickly. Well, they had Apple computers before then, but this was the first Apple iPhone. That is so strange. Yeah. Okay, next one. So you literally don't remember life before iPhones. No. Yeah. That's (laughs) crazy. Okay, do the next one. Oh, wait, you can go. We'll, We'll take turns. Okay, so mine is more of like a technological one, okay. kind of. Um, in computer terminology, what does ROM stand for, or R-O-M? Oh, um, something operating monitor? No. Uh, I used to know this, I'm pretty sure. Um, is M monitor? No. Oh, I guess I don't know then. Wait, wait, wait. Do you want to just, yeah, give a guess or something? Um, I know it's, um, I don't want to take forever trying to think about it, so I don't know. Go ahead. Read only memory. Okay, I would have never gotten that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever said that before. Mm Mm-mm. But that's just, like, a little, you know, tidbit thing. Yeah, no, it's a good, like, party, like... What's it called? Um, uh, party trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Created in 1990, what was the name of the first internet search engine? So, like, the OG Google. <laughs> um, this might be dumb to say, but Internet Explorer? <laughs> that's not dumb, because that's <laughs> another one. But no. It's called Archie. What is that? I'm not sh- So, I remember... This is going to be so old. Okay, so DOS is, like, the the original, like, computer, I don't know. I don't know if it was software or, like, whatever, but it was, like, a specific 
thing on computers. It was called DOS. Mm -hmm. And I remember you could type things in and it would talk to you in like that robot voice. And I don't know if that was Archie if and I didn't know the name of it. You Would know? you say that's kind of like Alexa now? Um or like Google something. Google Home. Yeah. It, yeah, Google Home. Yeah, it's kind of like like very 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 early on, but you couldn't But yeah, I guess yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Cuz it's just like a I don't know, like an automated voice kind of. Um, it was like that computer voice. You might not even know what it sounds like, but I'll play it for you. Okay. Yeah, that would be cool. Here. Yeah. All right. This one is really easy if you know social media, which you do. Okay. So, how many characters did Twitter originally restrict users to use? Um, I only had Twitter for like a year, and this was like. But this one is so generic. Ago. Like everyone okay, knows Okay, like twenty-seven. What? No. 54. Clearly, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. 140? What? Yeah. How did you not know that? I I didn't use Twitter for very long. I still have Twitter, but I, like, don't really use it, you know, just to, like, kind of like Instagram. I use that more than, yeah. like, a Twitter thing. But I thought everyone knew it was 140. Mm, well, I have seen that on memes before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Originally, Amazon only sold which product? Um, technology. Books. What? Oh! Oh, my gosh. Wait. <laughs> yes, I knew that. Because they had audiobooks, right? Well, way back when, I guess they didn't have audiobooks, but... Yeah, I think... May- maybe, yeah. I was also thinking of Audible at the same time as uh, Amazon. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> was it, like, all kind of books, or does it not tell you? See, I didn't actually know this answer either, so I thought it was a good question to ask, so I don't know. It's probably, like, all genres, like, all ages, I feel like, if that's, like, all they did. Probably, yeah. Um, that's what I would assume. Okay, which company popularized the term, in quotes, tablet PC in 2001? Um, if you think about it logically, Windows. it makes sense. Oh. But um, it's like, kind of like that. Apple? No, because they did the iPad, not the a tablet. The other side. <laughs> uh, Microsoft. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I said the other side. Yeah. Because yeah. it's always like, I feel like you either use Apple products or you're a Microsoft, like, HP person. Isn't that the same? Um, no, it's Mac versus PC. Uh, and HP is a PC and Microsoft is a PC. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I hope I said that right. I think I did. Um, <laughs> okay. Octothorpe. What? Is another name for what common computer keyboard symbol? O-C-T-O-T-H-O-R-P-E. What the heck is an octothorpe? <laughs> uh, once you figure out this answer, you're going to be like, wow, that's crazy to think it's called this. I'm going to say like a... Um, maybe like a quotation or like a period. 
You're like Question in the mark. right ballpark. So it's the well. First of all, do you know what the pound sign is? Yeah. What is it? It's the hashtag. Okay, yeah. So the hashtag, the pound sign, That's funny, or the I number call it sign. A hashtag. Yeah. So they're all the same thing, but that is what the octothorpe is. What? That's the name for that symbol. So there's even more yeah. ways to say it yeah. than just, like, three of Why them. are there four names for one symbol, but we only have, like, exclamation point <laughs> and question mark and period? Like, we have the hashtag, oh we have the number sign, the pound sign, and the octothorpe. What the heck? Who calls it an octothorpe? I okay. guess that, maybe that's the original That's one. hilarious. Yeah. All right, are you ready for your next one? Yeah. What does ISDN stand for? ISDN? Yeah. Well, I know ISBN, but I don't actually know what it stands for, but I know what it is. Um, ISDN? Mm-hmm. Something network. Yep. Internet search detector network? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you want to give it another guess? No, just tell me. Okay. Integrated Services Digital Network. Okay. It's a mouthful. It is. But, yeah. I think I have heard that one before. Hmm. Do you have another one for me? Yeah, this is my last one. Okay. What was Google's original name? Oh, my gosh. And I have a story for this. I'm going to read the whole story for it because it's just kind of interesting. Uh, <laughs> Google's original name. Mm-hmm. Is it like a person's name no. or is it just a generic? It's something really random. Um, I'm going to, is it like PC or something? No. What is it? Back rub. <laughs> what? One, one word, back rub. Back in 1996, when founders Larry Page and Sergey Brin were working on creating what we now know as Google, they initially called it Backrub, a nod to the way the search engine analyzed the web's, quote, backlines to determine how important the site was. A year later, though, they decided they needed to upgrade to a name that indicated just how much data they were in- indexing. They eventually came up with Google, a play on the word Google, G-O-O-G-O-L, a mathematical term for the number represented by the digit one followed by 100 zeros. Wow. That's very uh, interesting. Hmm. All right, I have another one for you. In 2002, that was a great year, by the way. In 2002, what company acquired PayPal? Um... Uh, PayPal, maybe, um... You might not use it now, but a couple years ago, a lot of people used it. I, like, can't even think of anything. Um, a company that used... Acquired. Yeah, acquired PayPal, so I'm assuming it has something to do with PayPal. Um, I don't know, is it a bank? No. Was it a company that's well-known now? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, I mean, people still use it, but I feel like it's less used. Is it only an online company? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Amazon? <laughs> no. 
eBay. Oh, that does make <laughs> sense. Also, I had like a little bonus one that I wanted to put in there. Okay. Because I thought this was kind of funny, and I've never uh, heard this before. But okay. maybe the listeners have heard it, or you have heard it. What company developed a computer with the code name Lisa in the 1980s? A computer? Mm-hmm. Um, well, what company? But, yeah, they my... developed a computer. Mm, Windows? No. Uh, Apple? Yep. Oh. I thought that was weird because, like, it's an actual person's name. Yeah. So it's like, well, why? like Alexa. Yeah, true. Yeah. Maybe that's why, like, we have Alexa now. Hmm. They thought about that. Right. I don't know. But that was the 1980s. So, like, if we had the iPhones in, what, 2007, you mm-hmm. said? Mm-hmm. That's just kind of weird that they did that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I thought that was cool. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you did, please like, rate, and subscribe. Also, find us on Instagram, millennial.z.podcast. Give us a like, give us a follow. We post new episodes on that account, and we will catch you next time. Bye.